You're listening to The Zeitgeist, a podcast focused on Germany, the United States, and the transatlantic relationship. Join us as we discuss economics, trade and technology, politics, security, and a lot more. I'm Jeff Rathke, president of the American German Institute at Johns Hopkins University. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome all of our listeners to this episode. Uh, I'm Jeff Rathke, and I'm the president of the American German Institute. And I'm glad to have with us today Carolyn Welch. Carolyn, uh, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And Alex Tom. Alex, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you all. So we have uh, uh, Carolyn and Alex uh, with us today, along with Susanna Deeper, our Director of Programs and Grants here. Susanna, hello. Hello, Jeff. And we are at the end of a three-year project, which we've been uh, running at the Institute, which is focused on identifying the sources of social divisions in Germany and the United States and thinking about uh, ways to address them. And uh, we come together with Alex and Carolyn and Susanna after the conclusion of their um, field research and, and uh, travel in Glendale, Arizona. We did a podcast uh, about that a few months ago. Um, and and most recently in a place called Memmingen uh, in Bavaria, not too far um, from, uh, from Munich. And so I'd like to just to start off, um, uh, maybe to hear uh, from Carolyn and Alex first, uh, give us a sentence about yourself and what you do when you're not doing things like this project. Carolyn. Um, so I am the executive director of a nonprofit called the Westminster Economic Development Initiative. We work with um, immigrants, refugees, English language learners in a few different areas. We do economic development. So we do small business lending for individuals that are bank eligible. We have our small business incubator, which has restaurants and retail stores and gives people an opportunity to start up a business. And then we also have education programs for English language learners and first grade through their senior year. <laughs> and Westminster is where? Um, we're located in Buffalo, New York. Okay, terrific. Alex. Yes, and um, I have a background working for foundations and also working for foundations in the transatlantic sphere, the German Marshall Fund of the United States and Kerber Foundation. And then some years ago, I prefer, uh, decided to go uh, on, on the market as moderator and bring together people into dialogue. But what I kept from my time in the foundations is being an activist for civil society and local governments. And I do that mainly by working um, as a volunteer for community organizing, broad-based community organizing. And this is uh, why I joined this program, because we are also working transatlantic and, and try to bring our societies together. So, Terrific. Wonderful. Well, uh, let me start off just by asking a maybe a general question, but what do you both, what do you take away from uh, the, what impressions do you have from your field research, looking at similarities, but perhaps also differences, um, what uh, what sticks with you most persistently uh, after after the the work you've been doing? Carolyn, I'll start with you. So, differences between Glendale and Memmingen is what you're looking for. Um, well, yeah, uh, that that's uh, that's part of it, but also, it, it, what is it that you that you take away from the the 
travel you've done in the context of this project? What has what has struck you? Maybe something you didn't expect. Um, uh, what has uh, uh, caused the greatest reflection on your part? Um, so I think it was really interesting um, the difference between Mummingen and Glendale in terms of how they are integrating different refugees and immigrants and you know populations into their community. It certainly seems like Mamingem is doing a good job. I really enjoyed that they have an integration coordinator that's working with different populations to see how they can best settle into Mamingem and really become a part of the community, not, not feeling like outsiders. So I think that's fantastic. I also really appreciate that they have a new mayor, a very young mayor that is going to be starting. And it, it really feels while you're there that there's a sense of change about to occur in terms of how they're dealing with you know, different social issues. So I think it's a really exciting time for that city. And I, I expect that there's going to be a lot of change over the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and Alex? Yeah. Um, Memmingen was quite the experience for me because I'm a Bavarian. So my life is between Kreuz and Upper Bavaria and, and Kreuzberg, Berlin. And going to Memmingen was also discovering a part of my patronage, if you want, uh, want to put it that way. But I was uh, struck in Memmingen how wealthy that place is, but how much in many ways the society is um, still stuck in a little bit, you know, like certain developments which are taking place in other towns also of similar sizes. Like as Carolyn mentioned, the integration manager, I did a project 20 years ago with the Bettelsmann Foundation where we were going to look for integration managers all over the countries. And there were many, many, but Memmingen is slowly in the process and very actively also with this new personnel to sort of modernize itself to avoid social division and mm -hmm. probably disturbing questions of identity. And the main phrase we always heard in Memmingen was, you know, we're sometimes 15 years back. And I thought in the end, but you don't have 15 years to catch up. Um, you have to be faster than the others. Because looking at Memmingen, 40% of the people in Memmingen come from other countries. And I'm sorry, let me interrupt you. Did you say 40%? Four zero, which is quite a regular number for now nearly all German cities, but yet our our you know our bourgeois um, our our sort of city societies still go along as you know everybody coming here has to integrate or you know all these discussions we also have about race decolonization and so on, where you have and that I think is very much a transatlantic topic. You know, it's not like 25 years ago where such a movement would take a certain time to come over here to Germany. When America talks about racism, we talk about racism in, in Germany the next day because we follow the discussion and it's all connected. So these places, and that was good to see in Memmingen, they have a very stable society and I think they're able to cope with these issues, but they need promoters to be quicker because their learning curve is higher. I see. Well, it, you know, you, touching on your comment that uh, of having 15 years uh, lag, perhaps, but not 15 years to catch up, is that a function of simply of size, that uh, smaller uh, communities, small cities 
have not had uh, either the resources or the need uh, to to address uh, questions like integration in this particular example? Or what do you attribute it to? No, I think um, you could, um, you know, um, being a Bavarian, I also lived in Hamburg, and Hamburg would say that about the whole state of Bavaria being 15 years back. And in many ways, this is sometimes a general attitude, I would say, and it's not fixed to small or big. You have very progressive, smaller places. It's very much like, you know, how... Um, What's the background of the society? And that's because Carolyn and I, we are both working with civil society. And I think where you have a civil society that is active, where people can really engage, where, you know, where, where, where politics are listening to civil society and, and try to empower them, you are more connected to, to progressive or the most more current um, um, discussions going on in the world about questions of social divisions and identity. And for example, you could also say that about Berlin. I'm an activist here in Berlin, and you have districts in Berlin, very progressive, and you have districts which are also like Memmingen 15 years behind, if you want to put it that way, and that you can see now with the latest election we had here. So it's not just the big places, it's very much like how quick do societies react to uh, sort of shifting demographics and 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 also um, our other big issue that we talked a lot about in Memmingen, uh, sustainability and climate change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so let's uh, let's uh, roll up our sleeves and get uh, get down into a few of these uh, things because uh, Carolyn, I think we've heard already um, the a, a few phrases: sustainability, changing demographics. Um, and topics related to uh, racism um, and uh, colonialism. Um, how do you see, especially if you think about comparisons to your experiences in Glendale, perhaps, um, how do you see those issues um, coming to the surface uh, in in Memmingen and uh, throughout your uh, your year working on this project? So I think in Memmingham, just to go back to what Alex was saying, you know, that they kept telling us that they were 15 years behind. And I think there's a great parallel there between you know, the United States and Germany, because I think Memmingham is a very, it, or it was a very conservative community. And I think conservative communities tend not to address things um, in the same way as a more liberal community in terms of how immigrants and refugees are becoming part of the society. I think a common thing before was you just have to do whatever you can do to fit in. And that's all you do. There is no integration. There is no adapting the community to you. You need to adapt to the community. And I think that type of belief is much more prevalent in rural in conservative communities. Um, and also, I, I wonder, you know, just being in Memmingen, you do at least the section that we were in, you, you're really not seeing um, necessarily people who are kind of outside society. You know, I, I only saw one homeless person the entire time I was there. I did not see a, a number of people of color. I did not see a lot of diversity within the city, at least in the portion that we were in. And I think that also contributes to the lack of change or movement towards being a more cohesive community. Because it. I think they also said to us, Alex, correct, that, you know, it's just not an issue here. A lot of the questions we had when it came to, you know, feminism, women's rights, and some of the questions dealing with race is, it's just not an issue here. So I think because of their population being, you know, very, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, um, 
homogenous. Everybody's basically the same and they're German and they're not from um, different com communities. They haven't had voices there saying, hey, something needs to happen here. They also, in Memmingen, do not have a lot of younger people there. Um, they don't have a university. So the kids leave and oftentimes they don't come back. So I think that contributes as well because those ideas and concepts are not coming back with this, the, the children returning or the now young adults returning to the society. And I think a lot of the times movements start at that age, you know, when somebody is in their younger, their early 20s after they get out of college and they have a little more life experience, they bring that back. And that doesn't seem to be happening there. I don't know if you agree, Alex. Yeah, I think people are coming back, but at a different age. What we learned also from Kristen Bitte, she's head of all um, municipal and sustainability projects at um, at the Bettelsmann Foundation, is places like Memmingen are the more flourishing um, places in Germany. People want to move to small and medium-sized cities once they found a family. So you have probably, you know, like the very young people, then you have the middle-agers um, being caught up in, in family business, and then older people. You also have, you remember we met that a women's group, the women, mm -hmm. um, whenever I taught, uh, talked uh, to, um, especially here in Kreuzberg, to my feminist friends, I'm going to Memmingen, they all remembered the, the, um, the horrible um, affair about the um, abortion trials in Memmingen in the 80s which was probably at some level as what you're going through now in the United States as a kind of, you know, like, how do we treat women and what's important for women and so on. So, and I also thought it's so important to be in dialogue between our two nations about such issues because you always have a fallback and then you have to remember what happened and how did you get then to the next level. And meeting these women, you realized there are um, people in these places trying to move um, issues, and 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 of course the role of women in in Memmingen, I would say, is not at a standard as you see it in Hamburg. It's uh, um, uh, there's still a lot to do. But then, if everything is working, everybody has a job. You know, people can still afford apartments and houses. Why why push for change? And I think. Uh, Memming is also under the pressure. You said in the beginning, it's close to Munich. It's a totally different state within Bavaria, by the way. They were the Swabians. Uh, they're very proud of that. And um, and and but they can feel that the 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 push from from metropolis like Munich, where you have now all the big American digital companies moving to Apple is being is going there now and, and on so on they're all moving there and this pressure from such a big place where families can't live anymore into places like Memmingen this will grow in the next years and that's why I think you can't really say when you think about the program it's um um, talking outside the metropolitan areas, places like Memmingen and the metropolitan areas are very connected and we can only solve these problems together. And I think that's also what we saw in Glendale. If Phoenix is developing, it has an input on Glendale and they're not disconnected. They can't, you know, it's not we do our thing and you do our th your thing. It's very much connected. Mm -hmm. So 
maybe to go back to something that uh, that you said uh, alex you you mentioned uh, for example the large number of people in memmingen with a um, you know who are uh, who have a migrant background as the phrase uh, goes in germany um but that that brings me to the question of you know in your observation um uh, carolyn and alex where do you see the sharpest expressions of social divisions? Is it in um, uh, the the divide between um, people who are from somewhere else, whether it's from another European Union member state or people who have migrated from outside Europe? Um, is it in the perspectives of a more rural um, society that is coming increasingly under the influence of of urban phenomena, especially as uh, as people uh, move further away from cities looking for affordable uh, uh, housing, um, or is it in something else? Um, uh, where do you see these expressed most clearly and maybe most problematically in terms of uh, things that governments and society need to grapple with? So I think in terms of Glendale, um, you know, our, I think our observations were there's definitely a huge divide in socioeconomic classes and whether that's related to race or, or you know, a number of other factors, I don't know, but there is definitely the rich and that there, there is the poor and they are struggling hugely with a homeless population um, that continues to kind of grow out of control. We did not see that in Memmingham and I think it's, you could probably speak better to that, Alex, than I can, um, but I, I guess I, we were, go ahead, Alex. I, I don't know what that was. <laughs> no, the thing, um, um, you know, uh, Jeff, the thing about poverty in, in, in Memmingen or in any other place in Germany is it's invisible. It's, um, we have such a strong welfare state that unless you're really totally dropping out and become homeless, you will always have a home, you will have decent clothing, and and, and probably your children will go to school, you know, it's like um, our, our welfare institutions are that strong, um, that we can still sort of cover up what's so under. So it's not that they don't exist, it's that they are not obvious. They're not obvious. And of course, they're better kept off, if I may say, like, um, it's not that easy to totally drop out. And, um, but where let's put, let's look at it from another side, what people in Memmingham described to us was very much, we have a total um, um, sort of, we are missing on skilled labor. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we will have problems um, um, providing, you know, the, the, the industry in Memmingen, it's not high tech and uh, it's very much sort of a low skilled worker, um, you know, technical uh, professions. So they need people to work for that. And, and our, the institutions in Memmingen, what they said, we keep looking everywhere and it's hard to find those people. And how can you get the people living in Memmingen? You know, we have now since 2015, a major um, income of, of refugees and migrants from, 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 from all over. Um, how do you get those people to a level of German knowledge and skills that they can do these jobs? not even talking about the legal um, problems to keep them here. So people are kept in Memmingen, you know, 
for many years can't work. Um, and on the other side, cities like Memmingen are looking for skilled labor. So that's for an issue that we found out. And then also I found it interesting to see um, we we met with um, one of the youth um, NGOs in, in Memmingen, which was rather a kind of... Um, yeah, um, one of a public charity working on youth issues. And they can only take care, I think, of 15, 20 young people um, a year, what they described to us. Wasn't it 12? It was, 12? It was, it was, it was 12, a very low number. And, you know, and then we had for lunch, we had kebab. And, and I was talking to already six young guys. And I was like, I'm sure they would cherish such a problem, uh, such a program too, but probably they're not in touch or they don't get it offered. And that's an experience I get, uh, um, I get a lot. And um, so I must say, you know, I noticed very much, um, I don't know how how, how you did in, in Glendale, uh, Carolyn, but for me, being a Bavarian, being a German, being in Memmingen, looking at these issues, talking with Americans about these issues, it was very emotional for me mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. because yeah. you know the problems like I, I take care of with my mom actually of a family of 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 uh, eight Af Afghan friends the Muhammadis and I see every day how little is done to help them at school how little is done to get them really integrated and how they re how they react now to the next wave of immigrants coming from the Ukraine. And then you have such a strong state like Bavaria, such a strong city like Memmingen. And then you hear a phrase, we are 15 years behind. And was like, but these people are living now. And they're here, they are next generation. And this is where I saw a strong similarity between Glendale and, you know, like, you know, where these conservative places and conservative states very much sort of respond to all the prejudices we have against them that so little is done. And I think we can't afford that very much longer. And I think the new mayor knows very well that he has to change things. And it was really, I was very happy <laughs> to talk to him in the end because you could feel that he's connected, that he really, you know, also wants to be internationally connected, that he wants to move that society to the next level. And that, that was really uh, very encouraging. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Um, uh, Suzanne, I want to turn to you for a minute because you've, of course, been leading this uh, program over the three years and three cohorts, three city pairs in Germany and the United States uh, that uh, have been involved. So I'd be really curious to hear um, comparisons that stand out to you. Um, having visited Glendale and Memmingen this year, uh, do the issues or the the dynamic stand out in ways that contrast um, with other uh, like city pairs you've uh, you've been visiting. So Memmingen is by far the smallest city we visited over the three years. It had about forty five thousand uh, citizens, residents, and compared to Glendale, its sister city, there are around two hundred fifty thousand. So. That alone, I think we could feel and could see in Memmingen. It's much a much smaller community. It was also a very pretty town. And it has a vibrant tourism industry, which in 
is an incentive for the city to to look nice and it has uh, a large hotel and restaurant industry but it's also the fact that it is 15 years behind i think can also be explained by its economic success it's uh, i think is about the fifth biggest town in the region and it has had has experienced about average economic growth since world war ii and it's successful it's wealthy so all these other issues that we talk about globally in small communities like glendale glendale had a lot of issues with has a lot of issues with the its homeless population and climate change but in memmingen you you don't have these issues because there's enough money or you don't see them as as alex pointed out mm -hmm. and we also i i've i noticed or, or from one of our our interlocutors who said that we're just beginning to address gender equality in memmingen so talking about the integration of minority populations is is not on on the agenda really i mean it's far off they mm -hmm. they have to catch up to other with other uh, prominent issues that some of the other cities we visited may have already have have had already addressed so that struck out for me and uh, the fact that there is no university in Memmingen that was the first city we visited that did not have uh, an institution of higher education and it was addressed a lot by by the people we spoke to and that's something the new mayor wants to change whether that is going to lead to more young people staying is questionable in my mind because also because munich is only an hour away and as alex pointed out memmingen is a wonderful place to to live and commute to, it's an easy commute to munich it's just an hour or even less and why live in the city in an expensive city when you can have have beautiful surroundings in, in memmingen so let me um pivot then um, to what'll be sort of our last uh, round in, in our discussion today. And that is, so what do you do about it? Um, we've, we've heard a bit about um, uh, not only in Glendale, but in particular in this discussion, uh, Memming and what the um, social issues uh, are that, uh, that dominate the consciousness of the population and all the, also the, the chat, the tasks that uh, local government has before it. So, so what do you do about it and who who does uh, what about it um uh, that's that's maybe a a, a wide uh, territory to cover but maybe uh, some initial thoughts uh, i'll start with you carolyn and then come to you alex so i think in terms of where to start i think they're actually on to the right ideas in mapping gym um in terms of having the integration coordinator having the new mayor i think the fact that a young mayor um was really a surprise victory there, shows that they have a younger population who's more interested in these issues, more interested in seeing some social change happen. Um, 
So I think they're, they're starting in a good way. And I think it's really, really important for them to continue to have those voices at the table. One of the things the integration coordinator said he had is a, one person from each um, different group represented on a committee that he works with to determine what issues they need to address, how they may address them and what different things might be coming up. So I think the fact that they have awareness of the issue and they are actively trying to solve it is phenomenal. Um, but I, I do think that it's going to be slow because again, we didn't see it really impacting what was happening in the day-to-day -day and what we saw in the people that we interacted with. You don't see these issues rising to the surface. So I feel like they're very much being worked on in the background and it's probably their next step is how they're going to bring that to the entire community and have the community embrace it. Um, but I do think that they're handling it and they're aware that it's an issue. I don't think they're trying to cover it up. I don't think they're trying to push it down and not deal with it. And I, I think that's a sharp contrast to Glendale because I feel like in Arizona and Glendale, um, you know, the, the discord is loud. It's in your face. You know, there's there's serious populations of homeless people. You see homeless people quite frequently. You see the disparity in living conditions between economic classes. So I, I do think in Glendale, you know, angry voices are allowed to be heard, which tamp out the idea of helping people and being more cohesive. So I think those two differences were quite striking, but I do, I did enjoy seeing how they're handling it in Germany and, and feel that it's a, a much better path to walk on. Thanks so much. Alex. Yeah, and I would say, you know, okay, the program is called Social Divisions and Questions of Identity. And I think Memmingen is a place where you don't have on an economic scale, high social divisions, you know what I mean? Like people have jobs and housing and so on. But I think they will have a lot of discussion about questions of identity. Who is saying what's right, what's not right when you talk about racism and decolonization. And, and, and this is something also we experienced in the group. And I must say, uh, Jeff, you know, having Carolyn and me um, on programs like that is also how courageous um, the American German Institute, uh, congratulations <laughs> to the new title, by the way, um, is about that program. You invite people to be part of the transatlantic sphere who are not part of the think tank and research bubble, but we work on the ground. And, and I think what our group did was going to Memmingen. I think we encouraged many people to continue their work, like, you know, the integration officer, he was really honored and sort of bloomed <laughs> in our presence because he was connected to the metropolitan, to the global thinker world and so on. And I think that's why such a program and this exchange of smaller studies is pushing that these social divisions and questions of identity can somehow be solved together. And I think no place, at least in our Western democratic sphere, can solve any of those problems alone anymore. They're all connected. People are mobile, the, 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 the problems are mobile, you know, everything is connected uh, immediately when, uh, and you see it all the time. So I think Memmingen is realizing we are more in the world than we might have realized. And I'm pretty sure they won't take more than 15 years to catch up. <laughs> I think it will be much faster. And I think we will all learn in the future also a lot from these places like Memmingen 
because it's also an advantage to be 15 years back. You don't have to go through 15 years of painful discussion and experience. And, and, and you know, you might be able to start being more progressive at a later stage and do it right from the beginning. And that could happen in Memmingen now, I think. I love that, Alex. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> if, if I can could add to that, what Please, I found Susanna. very impressive was that the change that is happening or that's being initiated, initiated in Memmingen comes from people who are locals. That includes the, the integration officer. He, he might not be from Memmingen, but he, I think he's, he said he was from a small town close to it. Mm-hmm. The uh, young woman who's in charge of inclusion, which means making the city uh, easy to navigate for people with all kinds of limitations, she's local. And so is the young mayor. So there are really people in in the city of Birmingham who want to become a global city and to to make changes for the betterment of society. Well, um, I think that's a great uh, a great way to to wrap up. I want to um, thank you, uh, Alex, Tom, and uh, Carolyn Welch, for your participation in this program, uh, for your active engagement, and for sharing your uh, you know impressions and insights uh, with us today. Uh, Susanna, I want to thank you for leading this uh, project over the last three years. Well, it really took four because of the pandemic. Um, uh, So that has been really terrific and something we've been very proud of uh, at the American German Institute. And lastly, I want to thank all of our listeners uh, for being with us. And we look forward to having you uh, again on the next episode of The Zeitgeist. Thanks for listening to The Zeitgeist a podcast produced by the American German Institute at Johns Hopkins University. You may know us under our old name, the American Institute for Contemporary German Studies. Send us your feedback by email at info at AICGS.org or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where we have new handles at A-M-G-E-R-I-N-S-T. And also please visit our website at AmericanGerman.Institute formerly AICGS, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Thanks.